0: Unlike a traditional renter, you know, where you have to go and fix certain things, in most cases you don't have to with this rent-to-own option. So I really think as a seller, it's a win-win, you know, you're helping somebody that may need a little time to build their credit.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Michael Maloney Show, where we take you on a journey around the world, exploring the stories of successful individuals and learning from their achievements and struggles. Join us as we delve into the why and how behind their accomplishments and discover how to live a more fulfilling life. Jesse and I, we are both part of a networking and mastermind group called M1. Um, it's Mapped to a Million. Um, it's, a, it's a mastermind group based out of Arizona um, that is ran by a guy named Rock Thomas. Uh, it's all about Mapped to a Million, so he helps take in, um normal people who are just motivated, um, inspired and want to live a life of abundance and helps them with his own framework, help people figure out how to do that. You know, like he calls them gardens, the different gardens of life, like your relationships, your finances, um, your job, your relationship. With God, I, I don't remember all of them, but there's multiple gardens. And the whole point of it is to focus on each of them all at the same time incrementally so that we can grow become our best self so that we're capable of becoming a millionaire um but anyways that's how jesse and i met each other officially well we and we haven't met each other in person just to be clear but we but we've been networked online and so that's kind of how um we came about this meeting and jesse i'm excited to have you on today so thanks for coming on thanks michael nice to be here yeah and i've seen some of
0: your posts so i think we're in a similar mindset with all the personal development and everything
1: Heck yeah. Dude, that's one of the coolest things about these masterminds is you find people who are maybe not perfectly aligned, but a lot of them are pretty much damn near perfectly aligned. It's all about ambition and goals and setting ourselves up for success and, and putting ourselves in outside of our comfort zones and, and just striving for gold. And it's it's really powerful when you get in the same room with people that are like you in that sense. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. for sure. But um, so... I guess, Jesse, tell me about yourself, brother. What do you do?
0: So I've been involved in real estate. Uh, Renewed Residences is my company. We've been involved in short-term rentals for the past year and a half, and that's a big part of the M1 group. Uh, the other part of the business is rent-to-own homes, and so uh, as part of our you know, Texas lease option wholesaling, I guess, business, we help business owners or just investors sell their homes with without having to go through a traditional realtor. Um, and so what we do is we work with rent to buyers. We connect them. We do kind of like an assignment fee. Um, oh, so you'll find
1: people that have money probably and aren't in a hurry to cash out. So if you own a house and it's worth $500,000, but you also have five other houses or you run a business and you don't need that money right away, you might consider doing a private loan for, with somebody so that they don't pay as many as much interest. And I mean, what is that? Am I on the right that, that's, ballpark that's there? That's
0: my part of it. I mean the main part with the lease option part is not a sale, but it is a lease. And so instead of it being a traditional, like, Hey, I'm just going to sell it for 300. Normally we could sell it for 320, 330, maybe a little higher, but you're doing it on a two year lease agreement so that while they're in the home, they're making payments, they're taking over all the maintenance, and then on or before the term end date, they're going to be buying it at that price, that set-in price. And so you don't have to pay the realtor fees. Uh, norm, I mean, usually you can set it up pretty pretty favorably towards you as a seller. And then the buyer benefits too because they do lock in the price. So in some instances, they come in with a little bit more equity than they would if they just bought the house in the next two years because the house increase in value sometimes you know overtakes what they agreed to pay you.
1: Are you saying the buyer pays back the house in that first two years or they pay down the loan over those two years and then go and get a, a so, conventional so the way, mortgage?
0: It would, be a, it would be just a straight lease, but they do come in with about 5% down. So that's a big difference. So let's just uh, hypothetical numbers. Let's just do 300000 They come in with $25,000 down. Um, they lease it to, from you for, for $3,500 a month. Well, out of those thirty-five hundred dollars, the only thing that's credited to them on the back end is just, just say thirty-five hundred. Usually, one month's rent, and then anything that they put down. So if they put down twenty-five, and then you're going to credit them thirty-five. The credit at the end of the day towards that three hundred sell price is going to be a twenty-five plus uh, thirty-five hundred. So what's that? 28, 28, 500 So they would owe you around, you know, let's just say three seventy-two, right? So you're still getting that weekly, you know, principal pay down throughout the term and you get that non refundable down payment up front. So it's not like again, it's not like a traditional realtor uh, a traditional tenant where they come in and they don't put anything but a security deposit. They put a pretty big down payment. Sure, and then okay. with, and then the beauty too is that they, they agree to take over the maintenance on the house. So, unlike a traditional renter, you know, where you have to go and fix certain things, in most cases, you don't have to with this rent to own option. So, I really think as a seller, it's a win win. You know, you're helping somebody that may need a little time to build their credit, and you know, maybe even, you know, maybe they they may they make the money already. A lot of our, our buyers, they're, they're entrepreneurs, they make the money, they just don't have good credit, they can't get the financing.
1: So the part that I'm confused about is the two years. So what happens after the two years? Cause how is it? Cause conventionally people go out and they get a loan, like a 25, 30 year mortgage. Do they, does the seller hold the balance for that whole duration? So, so what
0: it is, we, we set it up as a lease. We have two contracts. We have a lease agreement, which says, okay, you're, you're renting it for two years at this price. It's like a normal lease. And then you have another contract It's an option to purchase. And the option to purchase is, tells you, okay, we're going to give you two years to buy it at this price. Gotcha. Okay. And if you don't buy within that two years, then that option period expires. Which you're not,
1: seller is not out anything because then it's basically just like a rental income property. Yeah, that's correct. That's pretty much it. And then it helps the buyer because... It allows them to get their feet underneath them, and maybe if they went to a bank and said, "Hey, I entered this rent-to-buy contract. I want to," and maybe if they did at the beginning of the term and said, "Hey, I'm gonna. I want to prove to you that I can make these payments for 24 months straight." Yeah. And then at the end of this, I'd really like you to work with me or something. Maybe they could do do that if they have bad credit, and and then gain the trust of a, a bank or a credit union, and then maybe maybe be able to you know, find money. Is that, have you ever seen that happen?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we do have partners that are in the banking industry that we'll connect our buyers with as part of our program. And then we have credit repair. So some of our buyers
1: will go through that. So during that two-year period, you're actually helping them repair their credit. So then maybe even at the end of that period, they're eligible for a loan. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the cool thing about it is they can buy at any time during the lease option period. Let's just say you need only six months. We still mostly will give you like a year to two years. Just to let you have that leeway but you know you can buy it anytime so it doesn't mean that you're required to lease it for two years
1: and that purchase price is probably the 24 months rent plus the value of the house and then that's all agreed so like if you let's say you buy it one year in does that seller still get that second year's rent and the total price or do they just lose out on that rent, and then pay. Does the buyer so, like pre-agreed
0: on price? So, I'm a little uncertain on the question, but I think I think what what you're asking is about the rent credit part, about the thirty five hundred dollar rent credit that will go towards the sell price. Is that correct? Yeah. So,
1: like, let's say let's say I find some let's say you find somebody for me to buy a house from, and I agree to pay thirty like you said thirty five hundred dollars a month, and after in in month thirteen I get a raise. And I'm like, man, I just want to go buy this house. So we agreed that I'd buy the house for 300000 after two years, but I only paid 13 months worth of rent. There's those 11 months there that I would have technically not ever pay, but there was already a prearranged price. So do those 11 months to pay okay. get to the total agreed upon price?
0: So again, uh, when we set up a, the agreement, the option to purchase, is, it's usually like a two-year term. You could buy it any time. And it doesn't mean that you have to lease it. So even though you sign a lease agreement that says you're going to lease it for two years, we don't hold you to that. You can buy it any time during your lease period. So unlike a traditional lease, like where hey, if you sign a two year, you have to pay the whole two year. No, it's not like that. We give you gotcha. up to two years to buy, and then as soon as you're ready to buy, you buy, and you don't have to worry about those additional payments. It's just we're the whole goal of our program is to get you to the finish line to get you to buy the house.
1: Yeah. Right. But from the seller standpoint, they really maximize their return if, if the person truly stays in there for 24 months and then buys it that next day, pretty much, right? Because then they're getting the rent and then they're... Yeah, uh, I mean, that's way. true.
0: It, yeah, that's true. And it would be better if they would rent the whole time. But, I mean, sometimes sellers just want the money and they don't yeah, worry. The, main, the good sense. thing about it, there's no fees on the realtor side. So they save about 6% to 8%. On the, um, in most cases sure. so that covers a lot of that waiting period you know so yeah think... definitely
1: how uh so where do you live again jesse somewhere in I texas right i live in houston texas houston awesome so that's a pretty big uh uh economic environment do you how do people like how do your customers find you
0: a lot of our customers go to our website where i think we're on the first page of Google for rent to own in Houston
1: so and that's common people will people with bad or with not as good credit probably know about that because they've been led to that option right and so people probably just search rent to own housing
0: yep that's correct yeah we're actually creating a
1: new website soon it's gonna be called
0: Texas rent to own um, I think that's gonna be a little bit more tethered towards our our, our niche and we'll have that up soon Um, so like, I think as soon as we get that, we'll probably be, you know, we'll probably get in a lot more inquiries. Great man. Um, Good for you.
1: What led you into rent to own?
0: Well, it's a wholesaling option, right? So I love real estate, but I didn't have the down to buy certain homes. So I was like, you know what? Let me just start with wholesaling. And it's been a good business model. Like there's not a lot of people that know how to do rent to own. At least they don't know how to do.
1: By the way, Jesse, let me cut you off real quick. Sorry. For anybody listening, um, can you give like a thirty second explanation of what wholesaling is? So
0: wholesaling is you're pretty much like a broker, and you're brokering a deal between a buyer and a seller, but you're not an agent. Like I'm not a licensed agent right now, so I. What's that
1: normally look like? Like you probably go out and find people that are looking to, or you you find off market deals, right? That's technically a wholesaler, right? You find deals, and then you so like let's say Jesse goes out and finds. Mary who has a house that lives in or she let's say he finds Mary who owns 10 rental units but is just sitting on them happy as can be and then Jesse comes in and says hey because he buys a list off the internet maybe with this lady's address and phone number he might call them and say hey Mary would you be interested in selling this house and then at the same time he keeps a bunch of investors over in his other hand who are you know currently looking for properties and then so he finds Mary he has the property investors he says hey property investors I found this house from this lady named Mary she wants let's say 300,000 Jesse you sell it to them for 330,000 Well, you make that money on it but if your investors or the person looking for a house doesn't have good credit he can present them with another option which is the buy to or rent to own so then he can say hey Mary I have this customer of mine who's looking for a house but doesn't have good credit would you be interested in a private loan essentially a rent to a loan um clause yeah. and then that's how he makes his money he gets a, he gets to take a cut of it and then he he makes the connection between the buyer and the seller and then they they ride off into the sunset and everybody's happy so that, yeah, that so, isn't that pretty much how it works
0: yeah, pretty, so pretty much wholesale deals i let's just say you're selling a house i come to you and say hey look i want to put it on a contract for 400 um and then and then what I do is I go to my end buyer for the rental own process. I'll explain it. They come in with 5% down. What we normally do is we would split that. So normally maybe 50-50 or something. So if they're going to bring 25, you get 15 or you get 12 and I get 12. And um, and then that, and then, but we do have to have equitable interest. So that's why we have to sign an agreement. I have, you know, there's a certain amount of, I think it's usually like $20 I send you. Just to say, hey, you know what? I have equitable interest to buy your home. But then with that contract, I assign it to my end buyer. That's pretty much what wholesaling is. You're just assigning the rights to buy that would you and the buyer agree to to another person. And That person is taking over that contract, the same thing that me and you agreed to, and agreed to the terms. And then I would just get a part of the, the down payment.
1: Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I've, I've you know, you see rent to own and... and, and uh... Uh, what is it like lease to build and like there's 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 so many different programs out there um you know you can be really uh creative in the way that you can finance different projects whether it's residential or commercial um so that, that's pretty neat and then jesse before we hopped on before we started recording you mentioned that you're into airbnbs is is that right yeah so i
0: started an airbnb management about a year and a half ago mike Skoldron is in uh m1 and he has a part of Part of the M1 curriculum, it talks about how he became successful in the Airbnb management business. Um, there was a there was a guy in my M1 pod, Tristan, and he's also part of um, Mike's at Mastermind. And so when Tristan started talking about his success in the Airbnb management business, I was like, you know what, I got to try this out. Um, it got me super excited. At the time, I was working at the city government for eight years, you know, and I've been wanting to get out. And so I saw this as an opportunity for me to build my my management portfolio and it, and so pretty much within a month of of learning
1: about Airbnb I started managing like 15 properties. Wow. Um and so local to you, you found properties and started managing them for the the owners. Yeah, a big
0: big part of it was the M1 team cuz uh one of the one of the property managers in Houston, they're a pretty big management company. Um I just started managing on behalf of them, but the the connection was the M1 team. And so um I started managing these fifteen properties for that team. Uh, about six months I uh within three months I'm sorry I doubled their revenue in Airbnb. And then um I went off full
1: time. Within six months I started full time Airbnb management. <laughs> wow. That's that's amazing. So you so you currently do that? Do you have a do you do it by yourself or how do you do how do you
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a big part oh, right. of my my business right now is Airbnb management. So at the time, at the moment, yes, I am single, single um, employee of the organization. But you know, always looking to expand. I just read this book. It's called Zero to Five Hundred. And in the book, um, he goes through details of how to build your team. How to build your team? What what type of uh, characteristics? What type of profiles? What type of culture do you want in your team? He said. He said like if you can build your team. Like your employees will pay for themselves if they're doing a good job. So like, I was like, you know mm. what, Like I, I wanna to get to that place where I'm bringing, I'm building teams that are, you know, doing, you know, 10 times what they're worth in a sense. But, um, you know, let's just say you're paying them 80K, but they're bringing one or two houses to you a, 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 a month. Well those houses let's just say they're worth four to five thousand dollars a year a uh, gross revenue so and technically they're paying for themselves and the great thing about Airbnb management is a lot of times your clients are gonna stick with you for five to ten years so if you bring a client to me as a, an employee you're pretty much pay,
1: paid for yourself for the
0: next five or ten you know yeah
1: yeah uh, that's a great I love that perspective on employees. And it really drives proper management of your employees, too, if you if you adapt that, that outlook on it. Like, hey, like, if I manage these, like, if these, first of all, if you find the right people, you know, the right personality traits, and then if you create the right systems and structure to allow them to flourish, it's all about just putting the right people in the right positions, and then you can flourish, right? Yeah. The hard part of that is just finding the people, but... Don't let that stop you from trying, that's for sure. That's awesome, I really like that. Zero to 500, who, do you remember the author on that book? Zero to 500 Properties, his name is, um,
0: it's, it's by Vintory, um, CEO. Vintori, let me look it up.
1: Before we continue, I'd like to take a moment to share something I'm passionate about with you. If you're someone who is constantly striving for personal growth and love surrounding yourself with other motivated individuals, you're going to want to hear about this. Check out growthgroupinc.com. This is an exclusive community made up of high achievers and dynamic entrepreneurs just like you. It's a space where like-minded individuals come together, collaborate, and support each other on their own journey to success. Growth Group is more than just a community. It's a collective mindset, a commitment to getting better every single day. We believe in the power of connection collaboration, and constant growth. And we're confident that being part of this community will give you an unparalleled advantage on your path to success. So take a moment, visit growthgroupincorporated.com and join us as we elevate our lives together. Trust me, this is one investment in your future you will not regret. Now, let's get back to our conversation. People recommend me books faster than I can read them. Oh yeah,
0: um,
1: it's zero zero to five
0: hundred properties in five years, and uh, the the see if you can see it. Uh, well, oh whatever. yeah,
1: perfect. Okay, awesome. Yeah.
0: Brook, Brooke, and his last name is P F A U T Z. Uh, so it's all about building your inventory. But what I really like about that book is that a lot of principles are um, for business owners in general. Like he talks about, you know, goal setting. He talks about, you know, how to build your team. So I'm like, well, this is just a lot of principles for building a successful business. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Very applicable. Um, awesome. Well... Let's see. So, for anybody that is in the Houston area, they can reach Jesse. Well, very soon. Have you bought the domain yet?
0: Yeah, it's called it's called TexasRentToOwn.net, and then my other air business that I've been doing Airbnb on is called RenewedResidences.com. Um, so R-E-N-E-W-E-D Residences with an S.com, and so we've been doing that for again over two years. Uh, in
1: my, local to Houston, then I imagine.
0: Yeah. So we're doing, um, Houston and we're going to start a branch in San Antonio soon. God willing. Awesome. I will, hope everything will work yeah, out.
1: You know, one of the, um, the more business owners I've talked to and myself included made this mistake. Um, but there's so many people that wait too long to hire their first employee, you know, or their first person. I'm not, I, I don't know enough about you, Justin, to know if that's something you're struggling with, but, uh, if I could start over my, my first business, I would hire earlier um, just because it's like it's like the whole burning the boat philosophy. Have you heard of that? It's like you yeah, imagine yeah. like a pirate ship going to take over an island. It's like when they get there, they burn their boat because they're either going to die or they're going to take over the island and they'll have their the, the boats of the people are taking over. It's just that mentality of like, all right, I'm at the point where I'm busy. I can't do this all myself or I need more business so I need people making more cold calls and you just make the move and, and hire somebody. And what I always urge people to consider is people get into the habit of thinking, what if, you know, like, okay, what if I do hire that person and then I don't have enough work for them? Or what if I hire somebody and they just aren't what I need? Or like, what if they steal from me? Or what if they mess up and don't take care of a client like I would? Well, the thing that I challenge people to do is to think all the way through the what if. Like, okay, so yeah, what if they do not, what if they don't turn out to be a great employee? Well, more than likely, when you hired your first employee, you had to figure out a lot just to feel comfortable bringing them on. So you had to figure out maybe a uniform, you had to figure out how they how they were gonna speak with their with your customers, you had to figure out how to teach them about how to take care of Airbnbs, all that stuff you created. Once you create it, it's not like you have to recreate. It. I mean, you can, you can change it a little bit, but the next time, so you go find somebody new now, and you already have all that created, so it's easier the second time, right? Or like, let's say they do steal from you, well, figure it out. Figure out how not to get stolen from next time. Or, you know, there's just there's so many. It's easy to fear change or you know um, things that are going to increase financial burden. But like you just you know like you just talked about earlier, you know. Um, Employees will pay for themselves if they're doing a good job, you know, like that right there is gold. And it's so true because if you find the right people and if you provide the right structure, like I said earlier, to allow them to flourish, it's only going to increase your own trajectory and the business of trajectory. And it's, you know, so it's one of those things where it's like, it's just worth sitting down and like talking to yourself and being like, when do I need somebody? When am I going to do this? Cause it's, it's, it's super powerful. I think when you get to that point of hiring somebody, so the sooner a person in business can get to that, the better, right? Because we're, we're stronger and we have more minds, you know?
0: Yeah, it's true. And so one of the things it mentioned is um, hire somebody where you're weak at. So if you know yeah. you're not really strong in sales, hire somebody that's really good in sales. Or if you're not really detail-oriented or you don't like the paperwork, like hire somebody that's good with that because then you can focus on what you're good at. And then they can bring in you know, you know, you and complement each other.
1: Hell yeah, man. Because, yeah, you don't want the same person, right? Do you know Steve Soprani?
0: Uh, I'm not familiar with him.
1: Okay, so Steve Soprani, he owns uh, Soprani Consulting. I first met him through M1. Uh, Now he's in M10. But uh, he helped me find my first operations manager. And one of the exercises he had me do as we were figuring out the job description and, like, the job ad and all that is he said, sit down and write down everything you don't like doing. You know, uh, and, and, and it's not it's and it's maybe not that you don't like doing it. It's just that you don't have the time to do or that something that you need to delegate in order to elevate. As corny as that sounds, there's something to be said there. Right. And so I wrote down like client emails. Talking with customers all the time, sales, um, hiring and firing, um, yeah, creating job ads making sure the guys are keeping the vehicles clean, organizing the shop, blah, 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 blah. And then when we were in, when we were looking for that candidate, we were able to identify like, those are the things that we're looking for. And, and it's, it's worked out fantastic. Trevor and I are not the same person. I'm that person that's just like freaking like a ping ball, jumping off the walls all the time. He's a lot more like calm and collective and well thought out. And we, we compliment each other very well. And, and it's, 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 it's important to identify that in your organization, what you need, where you're at, where you're going, what you're missing, what, you know, all that good stuff. And that really helps narrow down the scope of what, you know, what, what you're looking for, which, you know, times of the, times of the essence. So you don't want to waste time with the wrong person, but at the same time, you can't let that scare you from taking that next move and hiring somebody. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, um, there's some cultural index. I think it's cultural that they recommended to just, uh, kind of see what personalities you're coming in and then find the right person for the right fit. And so I think that those type of keys, those type of tools are very useful for bringing in people to know that are, they're going to fit with your organization.
1: Yeah. Cultureindex.com. Cultureindex.com. Yeah, nice. Free diagnostic. I'll have to check this out. Yeah, personality tests, they're, they're pretty uh, interesting amazing what you can get like from the disc assessment and stuff like that you can really learn a lot about the way people think and god that's so fascinating you know a lot of i feel like this conversation has been about whatever we're all putting our focus on we need to be able to communicate well and get along well and that that requires complex teams of different personalities and different abilities and you know strengths and weaknesses and it's it's so i don't know it's just it's just beautiful like i when i um, when I think of like what life is, it's really to me, it's like sharing energy and sharing love between people and, and objects and everything. And it's really cool to think about like how a business, in its way, is like just this big ball of energy, and like any any organization is all this these energies working together. And like if you have all in sync and everybody's working together, that energy just keeps to keeps growing. Whereas if you have just a couple like you know toxic uh, personalities, it can just take the whole ball down. It's really interesting, you know, and I think it just—it's um, just important to reiterate to ourselves the importance of building strong teams of d- dimensional people of all different spectrums. And it, there's just so much power in that. And that's I think what I personally like probably the most about life and business and just everything is just the whole—the whole idea of relationships and getting to meet people and working together. And like I said earlier, sharing love, sharing energy. Um, I don't think you have to talk to somebody to share energy, you know, like, um, so, so it's, and that's like, I can't remember if it was you or somebody else today that said, you know, it's about who you surround yourself with, you know, and that energy. And there's, there's so much truth to that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. One other thing, um, share is, um, he mentioned something about like, he spends like 30% of his function in his business is just finding the right people to hire. And I was like, wow, that's I mean, and build, and then the second part is building company culture, and and so like two of his big tasks are are not even in them in the weeds. It's just building culture and finding the right people. And so once you come, and that was a really big mind mind opener for me because I'm like, because I was always assuming like, oh, I have to be the one doing the work, right? Like I have to be the one getting in the into the weeds and doing it. But I think when you start to think like a, an entrepreneur, that's you know high scale, you start thinking about no, my main my main goal is finding the right people to hire and bringing them in.
1: And that's that- gold, man. You know, I think most of us start a business because we're opportunistic and we see that opportunity to make money. You know, and then and then once you start to find the mo- once you start to create an in- income, you know, when your business starts to put out value and you start to get rewarded for it, after a while. It's easy, you can, you can just keep growing your business and, and working on it and, and, and being in it and running it, but then you get to this point where you can't do any more unless you hire other people. And there's so many people that, and I know people, even in my family, who started a business and just got to that point where they're maxed out, where everything that goes on in the business has a little bit of their supervision at some, to some extent and so and they're limited obviously we all are and what we can do in a day kind you know we are it's true um, and so the business kind of stayed at a certain point and just it's it's kept this it's needed the same kind of focus it's needed the same kind of attention from the business owner the whole 30 40 50 years that it's been around whereas you see those businesses that start they, they make the money and they figure it out and they're like okay now I start to see we're booked out two to three weeks or you know, my my to do list is getting so long that that I'm that that I'm not really enjoying this. Like I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm making good money, but if I want to make a if I want to have like an actual true business, I need to start to scale. And then that's when you start. You know, and that's probably honestly where you might be at, where it's like, okay, great, we're at this point where we have all this stuff going on. Now it's time to start to to hire more so that we can delegate to elevate, right? And and then and it's because it's weird because when we start the business, it's like a lot of times it's a, it's a love for what we do. Like for me, it was a lawn care company. I enjoyed the satisfaction of going out and mowing a lawn and leaving it and it looking good and all this stuff. But after a while, like I can only mow so many yards, right? So it's like, it's like okay, so what's my true goal here? Is it to mow grass and get enjoyment out of that? Or is it to, to grow a business and have something that enables me to have time freedom so that I can go and experience more life, can impact more people, and can see can see the world for what it really is? Like that's, and once you, once you get to that point where it's like, okay, sweet, this is really cool. I got this ball of fire going here. It's this business. Yes, it takes my oversight, but now I have this new epiphany that, hey, I have this business. Now I need to work to scale it. And then you start to work to scale it. And then all of a sudden you start to build traction there. And that's kind of where I'm at, where, you know, I hired my operations manager. I got my bookkeeper. Now we're currently hiring a salesperson. You know, we're just at that point where we're, we're scaling now and that's, it's, it's done Tenfold for me. If you would have asked me when I started my business what my business would look like someday, I I don't I couldn't have conceptualized me being in an office all day, sending emails, um, talking about hiring and and being a visionary. Right? That's it's something you kind of have to learn through starting a business. Right? And and I think that it, the earlier somebody in business can figure out that hey, really, it's all about figuring out how to provide a service, everything around that service, and it's got to be a sought-after service. Once you get that created, once you get all the guidelines for how to provide that service, then you can start to train other people to do it and start to push that knowledge out of your mind. I think the, the biggest issue is with entrepreneurs and most people in this position are people like to have too much of a control over quality, and, and that prevents people from feeling comfortable hiring other people but the, the thing about it is how, you know people screw up all the time and and, and you got to realize people need to realize that their cust your customers understand that yeah you might lose some customers because right. one of your new hires screws up but you're gonna be way farther ahead losing a couple customers but also gaining a bunch of customers from somebody else putting in the work rather than yourself you know and then it's just, just that mindset of like, okay, we're gonna like fail forward. Like, yeah, we're gonna open ourselves up into more liability because we're bringing more people in. But when something happens, we're gonna take ownership for it. We're gonna figure out how to adjust and go back at it at a, at a better speed or at a, at a new trajectory, a new tactic, new way, and, and then just keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's just just that mindset. And, and, and I, I think did. it just takes some time for somebody to create that mindset. Or like order.
0: Mike Schooner said this, he says, you start off with knowing what you want, right? And so some people are okay and just mm-hmm. with ten properties. Some people, you know. And so he started off with like a goal of like I think it was like five or ten thousand a month, just like from the management company. And I mean now he's exploded, you know, past well past that. But it's like he knew ultimately what he wanted was freedom of time. You know, he had that why yeah. to hey I want to spend time with my kids. I want to spend time with my wife. And I don't want to work a ton, so I think he said he works on the business like two or three hours a week. Wow, yeah, that's that's amazing. So, so and that you know, that's the goal.
1: I mean, so I guess, and kind of my point in short is, so many people get into business for time freedom. They want to make money. They want to be able to do what they want with their time, and then they, they it explodes, and they get overwhelmed, and then they never figure out how to get underneath out from underneath the load. And people just need to learn earlier that in order to get without under, get from underneath the load, you have to delegate and hire. And then because we're not in business to tie ourselves down and make our lives miserable and busy. God, I hate that word busy. I catch myself saying it sometimes, but there's no point in being busy all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you're busy all the time, that doesn't leave any time for experiences and time with your family. and travel and you know growth and self-reflection and self-improvement I mean right so it's like it's sad and that's a lot of what motivates me to do this podcast and and start um, a few different things because I want to help people in those positions of success you know as far as society sees it but when it comes down to it they're not all that successful because they're just buried in their business and they don't know how to get out of it and they're they don't have that time freedom and they're working on the weekends and working at night when their kids are at their t-ball games and all that good stuff. Right. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of people out there that are in that position that are just unhappy because they don't know how to navigate this crazy ball of fire that they have.
0: Yep. I agree
1: with that. For sure, man. Well, no God, Jesse, it's been awesome to me. I, I think we see eye to eye a lot on this and it's really cool what you're doing. It was neat to learn about wholesaling and the rent to buy. Um, Anybody watching this, you know, if you're down in the Houston area, Jesse, I mean, dude, you're a cool guy. I mean, hit hit up Jesse, ask him to go to lunch, get coffee, whatever. Uh, maybe you might have Airbnbs that you're interested in having him try out managing for you. I mean, he's obviously got an amazing track record there. So um, that that's really cool. Uh, Jesse, at, at the end of my podcast, so I always like to just kind of leave like an open mic. Just do you have anything that you live by or that you um, just anything you would leave the, the audience with like anything they can think about or just anything at all. And then also please let them know how they can reach you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything more important than faith. You know, the Lord has been so good to me. Yeah. And I think as I grow in my faith with him and understanding that, you know, all good things come from him. And as long as he's priority number one in my life, everything will work out. Um, so that's, that's a number one. Um, Amen. Best way to reach me, I would say is, cell phone eight three two two nine nine five six eight eight my email is jesse at renewed residences.com so feel free to reach out to me anytime via text or email um, our website again is renewed residences.com and that's with es at the end of re- re- uh, re- residences um yeah so it's awesome. been a pleasure michael thank you and um yeah we'll stay in touch and everything
1: yeah, no, sounds great, man. And uh, like I said, thanks for teaching us about the rent to buy, uh, the whole wholesaling. And you know, one of the things that I really took from today was how, as a leader in a company or a hiring manager, if you uh, if you hire the right employees, employees will pay for themselves if they are doing a good job. That's so true. I mean, it's so freaking true, and and, and it just it just fortifies the idea that we have to make sure that we have the right key KPIs, key performance indicators and stuff like that to be able to make sure that we our employees, our team members are truly providing the output that they, that they're capable of, you know, that they said they would when, when they, you know, when you, when you interviewed them at the job, initial job interview. So that's really powerful stuff, man. Thanks so much. It's funny how this podcast came about today. You know, like I I explained at the beginning of the episode, it was supposed to be just like a, 15 20 minute virtual coffee jesse and i were supposed to meet each other and and i was like hey jesse why don't you hop on the podcast we'll just make a recording quick you seem like a cool guy and i'm glad we did because this turned out to be an awesome episode so thanks. thanks again jesse for coming on and um definitely keep in touch um we'll talk to you soon man
0: thank you have a good one.
1: That was another episode of The Michael Maloney Show. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.